0: So, Rob, I'm pretty sure that we're going to be the first people to catch this thing.
1: I hope so. You know, I've been hearing a lot about it and I really w- I just want to see it if it can actually like hold its head up with those antlers.
0: No, I mean, nature would not make a rabbit with antlers if it could not hold its head up. I mean, think about it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like, how big would the antlers be anyway? Do you think yeah, they're no- tiny little things or like these gigantic antlers where it's larger than its head?
0: I don't know. I would think it'd be a proportion to its body. I hope but so. Yeah. What? Well, either way, though, it's got to, it's got to bring in bang. I mean, we we can retire once we catch this. Thing.
1: Right, and we're we live in the age of you know we got phones on our. I mean, cameras on our phones. Yeah, so
0: exactly. It's like well, we- I mean, if we can bring that thing in, you know, like from behind. I'm thinking like if one of us distracts it, the other one goes from behind so the antlers don't hurt us, and we grab.
1: Yeah, well, I'm actually afraid of getting bit, you know? Rabbits bite people? I'm... Hmm. I think they might if you try to pick it up. Yeah, we'll be careful, though, because yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure no one else is going to mess around in these woods like this late at night.
1: No, unless they caught it already, which would really suck. I have faith that we're going to be the first to get this. Yeah, I mean, hey, we've gone on crazier adventures before, so...
0: We have done that. We have done. Yes, I will fully admit. But this one's going to pay off. I can feel it. We're going to make
1: bank on this. No, and I got my camera ready. The flash is turned on. Everything is all set. Got this net. Yeah. What's why do Why do you have <laughs> a tadpole net? I was
0: banking on being smaller. Oh, okay. <laughs> Easier to wrestle with. But did you see that light in the sky? I did, I thought that was just an airplane. No, it's like moving pretty fast for an airplane. Holy shit, yeah, you're right. What is that? I don't know, it's getting closer too. Like, really fast and really close. Oh, fuck.
1: All right, get down!
0: Whoa, holy cow! It landed back behind those trees.
1: Damn, I thought that was gonna take our heads off. Or at least rip my hair out. What hair? <laughs> <laughs> Should we go check it out? Yeah, let's definitely... Wait, let's get some sticks, man. You never know what you're going to come across. There's nothing safer
0: than a long, pokey stick.
1: Yeah. When all else fails, or when in doubt, poke it with a stick. Exactly, yes. That was my grandfather's motto until he lost his arm. <laughs> yeah, so the, it? Huh, it's Don't a weird-looking it. thing. It's like bubbling. Yeah, it looks like a pink milkshake, almost, or gelatin... It does,
0: ooh,
1: bring the boys to the yard. Let's hope not, because that's pretty gross looking. It's disgusting. Are we going to poke it? We should poke it together. on. Let's totally poke it and then throw rocks at it.
0: Oh, okay. All right. But let's, okay, let me put my net down here. But let's poke it on the count of three. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Okay. One, two, two, three. Holy
0: Jesus. Ah, ah. What the hell was that? Oh, that's disgusting. Oh,
1: the thing just jizzed on us.
0: Ugh. It's like jello with a light.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that probably wasn't a good idea to poke it with a stick. No, that was
0: a bad idea. If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart,
1: you could kill it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. The organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. Nobody believes me about what happened tonight. What did happen? You were there, you saw. Plasmic life form that hunts its prey. Predator. I want that organism alive. I think you ticked it off. Ah! 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 no shape.
0: All right. From that trailer, we are clearly going to be discussing 1988's The Blob. And we thank you for joining us here on the Midnight Mass Creature Cast. I'm your co-host, Mark, and I'm joined by the ever-awesome Mr.
1: Bobby Blades.
0: I'm Bobby Blades today. Mm -hmm, Bobby. And um, so this is of course the 88 it's not really a remake it's a well you were discussing it earlier when we were uh, talking before we start recording it's um because there was a 58 one yeah with uh Stephen right. queen
1: right would this be considered a a remake or a reboot or like what would it be called um I. Hmm.
0: I guess it's almost more of a re like a remake a reimagining. Reimagining. You- oh
1: yeah, that sounds good.
0: I you don't have to humor me. That's just what
1: No, just I what. honestly I don't know if this is a remake or if this is just like uh let's let's take the original idea and see if we can make it better with the technology that we have of this age. I don't know. Now did you uh you did see the original, is that correct? I'm I'm right? No, I didn't see the original. I've only seen this one. Oh, okay,
0: okay. So the original, like I said, it has Steve McQueen in it, and he was kind of like the the bad boy, much like um Kevin Dillon is in this one. Um that's what makes me say it's kind of like a reimagining almost. Because there's okay. some things that are very similar in a way, character wise. Uh kind of like um like the uh the uh, homeless gentleman in the woods, kind of thing, and then the the uh, whole like uh, riff with the authority, and then the like the the, the bad boy image guy. Okay, That's so I'd say it's like a reimagining almost.
1: So there was a lot of like the same tropes in like in 1958 when the original one came out.
0: Yeah, like he, like the Steve McQueen character was the kind of guy that like you know you really want want your daughter with. Um. He had that that like a uh, kind of like that that uh, riff with authority, you know that like he was uh um I keep using the same words like he was like not like um he wasn't like a math head or something but he was just like you know your fringe teen yeah really you know you, he was like bucking authority and you know he, he just uh, didn't fit in with the cookie cutter image of what like you wanted your your uh, image of, of what you wanted the, the the males to be like at the time. Mm-hmm. Kind of the rebel. Thank you. That was the word I wanted. Yeah, he was like a rebel.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but he was also a rebel that, like, uh, uh, with heart. Like he just like in this movie, um, he took care of the guy that got attacked by the blob in the first one. Um, a lot of things are the same. There's a lot of like overlap, so that's why I to me it's more of like a reimagining. Because hmm. to me, a, a remake is like we're doing the same thing pretty close to the original. Um, but uh, the first director, director Irvin er- um, this one's not exactly like his film. There's enough that makes it uh, like you're drawing inspiration from it, but it's not to me an exact scene for scene remake of it. You're just taking it and then going from there with your own kind of spin on things. Does that make
1: any sense? What I've just said? Yes, it does. Okay, Sorry. I.
0: No, no, no. I just went on I, a tangent. I'm like, Oh my God. I hope I didn't just. <laughs> no, I
1: had to mute the mic because I was coughing. <laughs> oh
0: still- no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Um, And then, so if you don't, are you okay to humor me and just let me go into just a couple of people before we like get into the swing of things?
1: Yeah. I, I always uh, like talking about the actors.
0: Okay. Um, Actually, real quick, before we even get to the actors, the director of this, it's Chuck Russell. Um, And I was just doing a couple of like uh, little investigations on him. He directed the third Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Warriors, which I'm assuming you saw that one. One of my favorites. Okay, exactly. And then he did The Mask with Jim Carrey and uh, Cameron Diaz. Oh, wow. No way. Way.
1: That's a very different film from Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, very, very much so. Um, and then um, he also did um, Bless the Child
1: from 2000. I think I've seen that one. With Dirty Kim Basinger. <laughs> Dirty Kim Basinger. <laughs> yeah. I love every time you bring that up.
0: <laughs> it reminds me, I think the other one was with your, your, your pal in mine, Demi Moore, and hers was like the seventh, sign i think it was the seventh sign,
1: Seven sign. Oh, go ahead yeah the seventh sign i remember that one very intimately but they were, they were almost the same
0: premise it was just different actresses that were big at the time
1: yeah so um, it's yeah. basically the seventh sign done over for a modern audience of the 2000s yeah I, isn't
0: that the name i think it was the seventh sign wasn't that it the demi Moore one yeah that was the one with demi Moore. yep yeah exactly they're like almost the same premise.
1: Where, like, um, her baby had the soul of the the Messiah or some shit like that.
0: Yeah, and then the Dirty Kim one, like, a satanic cult wanted the kid to, like, bring
1: about the evil <laughs> world. So they yeah. just changed things around a little bit so it wouldn't be total plagiarism, you know?
0: Right. And in my mind, they would just, like, give, like, Kim, like, hair product for the kid. And she'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I traded my child for, like, this really nice moose. Um, not like the animal, but like the hair product. Okay. Um, but then Mr. Russell also did, um, the Brendan Fraser mummy from 99. Ooh, good one. And then the other two sequels, uh, mummy returns. And then the, um,
1: what was it the tomb of the dragon emperor with Jet Li? What was that the? Where does the uh, Scorpion King fall into that one? In was... that one, too.
0: Okay, so, and I was afraid you were going to ask me
1: that, so I've got it covered, Mr. Man. because All
0: right. So, The Mummy Returns, because I actually had this wrong in my head. The Mummy Returns was 2001, and The Scorpion King was 2002. I thought it was the other way around. I thought The Scorpion King was before the second one, but apparently it's not. It was after the second one.
1: Yeah, I thought that was first, and I also thought they were all '90s movies.
0: Yeah, no, the Mummy is the only one, and that's the very end of the '90s. It was 1999.
1: Okay. That, since, you know, yeah, that makes since. more sense now. Yep. Yep.
0: Now, did you see the last one, the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor?
1: Mm, I think so. Is that with the Terracotta Army?
0: Yes, and the, well, and more importantly, the Yetis, which I thought was amazing.
1: I didn't. I don't remember the Yetis. Oh, really? Yeah. It was Jet Li with
0: with Yetis. That was hard to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then, um, did you have anything more to to add about Mr. Russell?
1: Uh, No, this is actually my first time hearing, you know, everything that you said. I didn't, I was not familiar with him. All right.
0: Uh, It doesn't surprise me because he didn't really recommend or not recommend, uh, recommend. He didn't really recognize your name when I brought your your name up to him. Yeah,
1: of course. He's like, who?
0: Bobby what? Yeah, I don't think our paths have crossed. Um, Now, as far as special effects go, um, help me. I didn't write the man's name down. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh, good Lord. But I want to talk about him because he's very important. Uh, Let me find it. Um, Because the gentleman that did the special effects. Oh, it's Lyle Conway. Okay. Now, Mr. Conway, he um, worked with Mr. Uh, Jim Henson on The Great Muppet Caper
1: and The Dark Crystal.
0: Which have you? Ever, are you a Muppet fan? Have you seen any of these
1: movies? I've seen Dark Crystal and I watched a lot of the Muppets as a kid. Okay. Okay.
0: But then he also did Link. Did you ever see Link with the Killer Orangutan?
1: No, I didn't see that. Okay.
0: That's that's worth covering. We might do that like when we are when hitting kind of like the more bottom of the barrel movies from the. <laughs> he also did,
1: wait for it, Deep Rising. Yeah, and we're definitely going to cover that one these days. Okay, I love that one.
0: Now, in 2009, he did Where the Wild Things Are.
1: I don't know if you ever. Uh- I read the book, but I didn't see the okay. movie.
0: Yeah, he did that. OK, but this is this is the whole reason, the whole reason I brought this man up. In 1998, he was in a little film called Blade.
1: Always trying to ice skate uphill. Mm-hmm. He played Reichardt. He played who? Reichardt. Reichardt. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But he was in Blade as an actor. He did like he's got like three acting credits, and that was one of them. I'm like, oh, I got to bring this up.
1: Oh wow, yeah. Didn't even Is know that. that. Nope, but that's
0: him. All right. Now to me, and you may disagree with me and that's fine. We, we can, you know, discuss to me, there's really only two main actors in this film that we really follow throughout the whole duration of the thing. Yeah. One of them
1: is Meg. Yep. And
0: that's Johnny Smith.
1: Yeah, um, Kevin Dillon. And Kevin Dillon.
0: Yeah. Now Shawnee Smith, she did like a lot of the Saw films. Um, she was in Saw, Saw Two, Saw Three, and Saw Six. She was also in the third Grudge movie, which I um, I actually like the first Grudge and the third one. I don't know. Do you have any
1: knowledge about the, the Grudge? Is this the Sarah Michelle Geller one, or is this a yeah, the, yeah, yes, oh, okay. yeah, not the two-on ones, but the, yeah, the Sarah Michelle one. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen all three. Yep. Did you? Are you a fan? Do you care? Yeah, yeah definitely a fan. I really enjoyed oh, all okay. three films. Yeah, I really yes.
0: Okay, but in this. kind of comes into play um she was in Annie from 1982 and if you'll remember my rendition of Hard Knock Life that I uh (laughs) (laughs) how could I forget that (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's Sonny Smith now I don't remember if this was actually during one of our shows or if this was just you and I but in case it was on the show I want to correct myself because I smash her up with another actress named Kim Richards. And I always get the two ladies like confused because Shawnee Smith was not in tough Her or on the TV show. Hello Larry. That was Kim Richards. So if I did say it on air, when we were recording, I apologize to Miss Richards and Ms. Smith. Hmm. But yeah. her and Hello Larry belongs to Kim Richards.
1: I don't remember you bringing either of those up and I don't think I've seen them.
0: It's because you never listen to me.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, space out all the time. Right. <laughs> when you hear me go, you just hit mute. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, Mark's talking. Let him talk. And then interject. The yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then uh Kevin Dillon plays Brian Flagg, and he's our bad boy with the with the leather jacket on.
1: Rebel with uh, I guess a cause, somewhat of a, yeah, cause. Kind of got a cause. Don't you think? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now he did just a couple things that I've seen. Uh, he was in Oliver Stone's The Doors. He did one episode of The Tales from the Crypt. He was in a '93 episode from '93. He did the remake of The Poseidon Adventure, uh, which was just called Poseidon from 2006 with Fergie. And then the newest creep show uh, from 2021. He was in that. Okay. Yeah, I
1: did see that episode with him in it.
0: Oh, okay. And then now, of course, he's the uh, sibling of Matt Dillon, who's probably. I mean, done like a lot more that people would recognize. Yeah, the,
1: that's the more famous anything. Dylan, kind of like the the Baldwin brothers, but a little different. Right, because neither one are attractive.
0: Anyway, um, that's really what I wanted to go into.
1: Yeah, I do have one Easter egg while we're on. Not about uh, Kevin Dillon, but about the film. <clears throat> excuse me. The... Why am I at a loss for words? Okay, the screenplay. Now the not screenplay great. is uh, not only Chuck Russell, but it's done by Frank Darabont. And as you will recall, I brought up that Frank Darabont did a cameo in last week's uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. Um, yes, he, I remember the name. Yes, I do. Yeah, he didn't do a cameo here, but he's responsible for the screenplay along with Chuck Russell. And so I thought that was cool that he shows up ten years earlier in a you know nineteen eighty eight to ninety eight.
0: See, That's what I love about this stuff, is like, it, it? It's not like in a bubble, like these people, like, uh, they're not only in front of the screen, but they're behind the screen, they're yeah. involved in some of the things that you may love that you don't even realize they're even in, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. so I it, it makes me wonder if this, uh, the blob takes place in the same universe as John Carpenter's vampires, you know?
0: Well, I didn't see anyone with dirt in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine what would that be like? I want, you know, what I want is I want the meteorite to like land on a vampire that has foolishly (laughs) dug themselves into.
1: Yeah. Would the vampire die or be completely digested since they're immortal? Or would would the vampire blood then make the blob a blob vampire? Yeah, Right, exactly. I I do wonder about these things.
0: Right, or would you just be forever alive inside
1: that gel? Oh, that would suck so much. Yeah. (laughs) Unable to feed and just kind of like being a part of this creature where you can't even move around or anything.
0: Oh, you're just like forever in prison in like jello, basically.
1: Yeah. Oh, fuck that. No way. So um,
0: our film, it really does just pretty much take place in this little small town. Um, And what we're alluding to is there's a meteorite Comes from space, crash lands in this like forest. Um, we have a um, homeless man. I would guess. I would say, don't you think? Or, I, I, I,
1: I would say so. Yeah, he's like a transient, um, collecting mm-hmm. cans, and yeah, he's got his little dog. Yeah, um,
0: and he uh, makes the misfortune of poking the meteorite with a stick.
1: <laughs> like I said, when in doubt, poke with a stick. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, But we also see the beginning I really like because it pretty much sets up kind of all of our characters and kind of their relationships.
1: Um, Yeah, how they they all fit together like puzzle pieces.
0: Yeah. And they give you lots of like dialogue that you don't really think is going to play out later. But it does. Um, We get well, the opening shots I love because it pretty much looks like a ghost town. Um, Almost. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it looks totally abandoned. Uh, until you get to the, the shot of the bleachers, and then you realize the whole town is watching a like, football game.
1: Yeah, they're a big football town.
0: Yeah, big football town. Yeah. And uh, that's where we're kind of introduced to Meg, who is uh, a cheerleader, and that's Shawnee Smith. Of and, course. Uh, now, how, what's, your, what's your take on Shawnee? Do you have any, like, feelings towards her at all?
1: None, really. I got to be honest and say that, like, the this is the first time that I knew who she was. because. When I saw this movie in '88, um, I didn't know who Kevin Dillon was, and I didn't know Shawnee Smith. So pretty much, I'm—it's almost a reintroduction to these characters, and actually knowing almost who they are now. You know,
0: mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah, I—I I always liked her. I don't know why. I just she always appealed to me. I always really clicked with her. Um, I think we forgot to talk about when did you first see this?
1: I, did we talk about this yet? No, but we could talk about it <laughs> now yeah so yeah it was uh as you know i wasn't especially as you know being 12 years old not able to go to these movies um so i waited i'd say maybe five months until it popped up on hbo and that's where i saw it
0: oh that's awesome now i actually saw this in the theater i remember um a fangoria making a big deal out of it and and probably like things on tv like entertainment tonight or something like that you know had done like a coverage of it so i was like stoked to see it um and i think they were making kind of a big deal that like matt Dillon's younger brother was you know kind of gonna be in it like he was acting now and whatever so i was really excited to see it and i did love the original i love the original i caught that on tv quite a bit um and i was actually really impressed um with it at the time, I thought the effects were really good um, now it's a little iffy on some things some things it's still impressive um but at the time i i I thought it was just the coolest thing in the world
1: yeah um, some of yeah. the some of the scenes with the creature itself they didn't really age too good,
0: yeah some of it it's it's very obvious you're looking at like a almost like a mat, yep you know like the characters aren't really even in the shot with the creature itself, but I don't care I still think it's fun anyway. I was just curious to get your your first time viewing yeah. info.
1: Well, I still get a cozy feeling when I see this movie. I mean, aside from the the scenes that bothered me, <laughs> um there's just something about seeing this movie and it, it kind of takes you back to that special place in your childhood where it was like, you know, you were watching something you thought was really cool. Um and so yeah, I got that feeling once again when I watched this.
0: Oh yeah. 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 No, I, I still love it. Um, but I, again, I, I will, I will go into all that later. I just really want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, at the football game, we also meet Paul Taylor, who is a football player who is desperately wanting to ask Meg out. Um, and then we meet his <laughs> really crappy best friend, Scott. Um, and, um, then we get a little brief uh, introduction into the sheriff whose name is it's Sheriff uh, Herb. Um, Yeah. And he's
1: smitten with the, uh, the, the owner of the bar or whatever it was. Fran. Yeah. That
0: works at the the cafe. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think, I think that's pretty much the the basic of like um, our main characters at first. Um, And so uh, I like that it's very uh it's got like that real small town atmosphere where everybody kind of knows each other and uh, i don't know i just like that whole it reminds me it sort of reminds me of the same feel of like a silver bullet if that makes any sense not that it's a werewolf movie but just like yeah it's that
1: small town and uh, like people get together for certain things Mm -hmm. yeah exactly
0: yeah yeah and then um we also kind of get the impression that uh the sheriff and, and uh Brian don't really have the best uh history together.
1: Mm, um, no, because he says you're turning eighteen um in a month or so and he's like, I can expect to see you or he's out you won't be in Juvie anymore, so you better stay out of trouble or something like that.
0: Yep, yep. And then um it's mentioned that uh they really haven't had very good snowfall lately. It's it's October, uh they talk about later, but uh The snowfall has not really been what they've been wanting.
1: um, Now, can I ask you a question about that? This place looked like it was somewhere in the, either in the Western hemisphere or the South, and Mm -hmm. which I didn't think they would ever get snow. And so it was like, you know, even though it's, uh, it's October, it looks like summertime still.
0: Yeah. I, I, I was not really, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, an official by any means, but I really wasn't quite sure where it was actually supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. Cause they made it a point to like, even show like the, the ski equipment and everything. So yeah, especially in October, because I don't know. I mean, that seems really early for snow to me. October. Yeah, Where,
1: where does it snow in October? I mean, maybe Antarctica or something. <laughs> I don't know. Where, honestly, there's been,
0: I'm in Missouri and there's been a, couple of times we've gotten snow in october but not like we're gonna go skiing you know yeah
1: not that kind of snow
0: no no um but so we've got everything set up and this is um again the the uh, aforementioned homeless man uh, pokes the meteorite with a stick and the kind of gelatinous goo that is the blob um uh, makes its way up the stick and onto our homeless man's arm
1: yeah and at this point, it's just a tiny little gelatinous blob of goo.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but it's still
0: not good. No. Uh, now, I do love the scene where uh, <laughs> I just love the setup of it where the two football players there's Paul, uh, who likes Meg, and then there's Scott, who's his best friend, and they're in the pharmacy. And oh, Scott needs
1: yeah. condoms. <laughs> I love that one, too, because it's like you know that his friend is such a douche. Yeah. And he's just like he blames it on the other guy. And it's like, oh, these condoms aren't for me. They're for yeah. my friend. And he's like, I don't want to keep the girl waiting. And the guy's like, oh, you son of a bitch.
0: Yeah. But the pharmacist that he's purchasing them from, we find out later is actually Meg's dad.
1: <laughs> I know that that blew my mind when like, he goes out to meet the he goes to meet her father on the date. And he the paper comes down and it's oh, shit, it's a pharmacist. I love that. I love that scene.
0: Um, and then also in that scene, we're introduced to uh, making matters worse. And even more tense is the uh, reverend that comes up behind him, Scott, and asks why he's not been in church and everything. And Scott's too busy buying condoms.
1: Yeah, that reverend looked creepy as shit. I don't know if uh, if you thought the same thing, but it's just like there was something about him that didn't sit right with me.
0: Oh, yeah, he was a very creepy guy. Very, very creepy. Um, I believe it, um Oh, so that guy, he was actually the actor's Del Close. And um, I thought this was kind of fun. He was actually, there was a second Blob movie made in 72. It was called Beware the Blob. And he actually was in that one too. Really? Yeah. It's a silly one. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's really goofy. No, Um, I've
1: never seen that.
0: Yeah, I, I recommend it, but it's not your straight up horror movie, but it's fun for what it is. But anyway, yeah. But so that the Reverend's there too, and he'll kind of come into play later too. Um, and then we're back home and, and Meg, um, is getting ready for the date. And that's where we also see that mom is there, but Meg has a brother named Kevin and Kevin and Eric are excited because they're going to go see a movie.
1: Yeah. Um, not just any movie, but a, so, a, a cheap knockoff of Friday the 13th, the garden tool massacre. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which
0: is really cool because the whole reason they're getting in is because uh Eddie is Kevin's friend um, and his brother, a- Anthony, is an usher. He's going to let him in. and I'm like, I want a brother like that. Yeah, we all need a brother like that. I know. How cool is that? I mean, mom's not sold on this, so they like make up some lie, but they actually, actually uh really do go to the movie theater.
1: Yeah, they did what I used to call the round robin where you, you know, you call one set of parents like I'm staying over. uh Eddie's house, and then Eddie calls his parents. He's like, "I'm staying over Joe's house," and you know, trick the parents. The yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Um, so then, unfortunately, the the uh, gentleman with the um, blob on his arm uh, decides he's going to chop it off uh, with an axe.
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and <laughs> this is. Is this the part where uh, Kevin Dillon sees him doing that? And he's like, no. Well, yep. Yeah. And that's how he,
0: so he starts chasing him through the woods. And that's when um, Paul and Meg are in their car on their date, heading off on their date. And the gentleman runs in front of the car.
1: Yeah. So he gets hit.
0: Yeah. And then, so then, um, I, I'm i sorry if I call him Kevin. I apologize. Ryan. It's Kevin <laughs> Ryan pops out of the woods. You mean Kevin Bacon? Yeah. There. Right. Yeah. And then Paul's like, um, you know, you're the cause of this because clearly everyone in the world is against this Brian kid.
1: Yeah. They Um, all seem to just like hate him for some reason. Oh yeah. He
0: cannot catch a break. Um, and they're like, you're, you know, Paul's like, you're the reason I hit him. You're going to come with me and you're going to sell this all out. And they all pile into the car and head off to the hospital with, uh, um, Meg kind of sandwiched between Paul driving and then, Brian gets in on the other side and puts his arm right around her. And she's not
1: pleased with that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Giving him the stink eye. She says, oh, Uh, you stink. It smells like you've been rolling around in dirt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Poor Brian. Anyway. um, Now I got to admit, and I'm sure you didn't give us any thought whatsoever. But, and it's not even that Paul's all that, but like, Kevin's like, to me, is not like the kind of guy you'd even look at a second time. He's just I don't know there's just nothing about Kevin that I find appealing remotely whatsoever.
1: Um he doesn't even uh seem like a really cool or likable character and it's probably because like in the character development there wasn't enough of it maybe. I don't know oh, it's just that yeah. he there's nothing that much endearing about him. He's just kind of there. Yeah.
0: yeah, I would I mean I would even like take Daniel Baldwin over with Kevin. <laughs> But yeah, but anyway, so she's like, you know, not Meg's not sold on him. And, you know, Paul definitely doesn't like the guy. Yeah. Um, And then. uh, So they're on the way to the hospital and they, of course, get to the hospital and that's where they find out all the. The the, the tape they've got to go through just to get him even seen because the nurse just doesn't even care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to find out that even back then you could die in the waiting room if you didn't have the correct insurance
0: exactly exactly yeah um but uh so kevin or kevin sorry brian is just like he's like they don't even care so i'm not sticking around i'm out of here so he just kind of books it and leaves the, the kids on their own um to deal with the homeless gentleman um and so while paul's filling out the paperwork cuz they're still supposed to be on their date <laughs> yeah
1: that's going to be some date tell the grandkids no well,
0: so, no Um, she's very sweet though I thought about the whole thing like she's not like this awful person she's like no it's fine um but he goes to get her a soda and that's when he sees that there's something up with uh the gentleman in his um like his uh what would you call it like the his waiting not waiting room because he's actually in a bed they've got him in a bed they're just not paying any attention to him
1: yeah I wondered like what what did I see like did you see the same thing that I saw where it looked like something was under his skin and it was moving the blanket as well. So the blob was inside of his body at this point.
0: Oh, I just thought morning wood, but yeah, I could see what you're saying.
1: <laughs> morning wood, just moving that blanket aside.
0: Yeah, no. Cause you're like, Oh, that's creepy. Um, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs>
1: that poor man, uh, it's, it's not going to wor- work out well for him at all. No, like his eyes were glazed over, they were white oh, and everything. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was done, he was cooked, he was cooked, yeah. And that's uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, so yeah, so uh, basically, what happened is the and okay, I will say this too now, some of the uh, practical effects in this I think are like still top notch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the goo and stuff, it it's like really good. And, and this one, like the the um, the man's pretty much just melted, basically away. He's yeah, like he's just like, like skin, right? Thing. Yeah,
1: like he's just gone. Yeah. Um, that was a good practical effect, like just that oh, half yeah, like, half devoured person. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like the like the practical effects as far as like uh, like when the blob attacks people, that's it's really good. I think it still like holds up.
1: Yeah, it's almost like I don't remember it being this way. I just thought it was like something that absorbed you, but like as soon as it touches you, the it starts to digest you.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yep. And then that's when uh another really cool scene I think is when Paul freaks out and he runs off to call the sheriff and he's in that room, but we see like behind him the blob is like actually on the door.
1: Yeah. You you it's like quivering or something and Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he gets sucked. Sucked back. Am I remembering this right? Does he get like pulled into? Yeah. The so creature? what
0: happens is like he's in the room, and then it's like kind of gotten to the ceiling, and it's dropping a little bit onto the table. And you see the table dissolving.
1: Oh yes, yes. So it's like the the alien acid blood. Yeah, and this now this blob's uh, uh, like
0: uh, means of attack. A lot of it comes from above. It's like a, it loves the ceiling.
1: Yeah, because I did have on my notes, death from above. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And
0: then so Megan, Megan, sorry, Meg hears like there's like a like Paul's like kind of scream and she goes in there just in time to see it like engulfing him and kind of like pulling him away. But his hand has not been
1: engulfed. Uh, (laughs) Nope. (laughs) And did you see him? like while he was inside the blob that was a great effect too to like the face just being melted to oh, yeah
0: no it's like incredible it is like gore central I yeah
1: think.
0: really good um but uh she goes to grab his arm and it's well she gets his hand and arm but that's all she gets
1: yep just a hand she he gives her a hand
0: yeah he gives her a hand I mean that would be horrifying and I love how dismissive everyone else is. She's like, I know what I saw. And they're like, oh.
1: Yeah. And then the mother's like, take this, honey. It'll help you sleep. And I'm pretty sure that was Valium.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and then they're like, again, really quick to jump that it's Brian.
1: Yeah. And it's like, there's no blood. It didn't look like any kind of murder scene that anybody had ever seen.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the body's just gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like, what did did he like kill him and then carry off the bodies of the transient and the boyfriend and leave an arm?
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think they're just gone. I think it just digested them. and There's nothing left.
1: Yeah. Bones and all everything. Bones and all. Yep. Bones and all. And then. Um,
0: it's almost like. A, not in a mindless way, but it's like kill and then like a little bit of a. uh uh it kind of subsides into just you know conversation, and then like another kill scene, and then like conversation, and then another kill scene. <laughs> right, right, and it gets bigger each time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, because um, the the next thing we get is uh, like you said, you know, uh, Meg's parents get her, but then the next big kill scene, we've got Scott and his girlfriend Vicky, uh, the one he actually bought the condoms for. Yeah, and their car parked in the I guess kind of like close to the woods, basically away from
1: everybody. And I thought that was great. I was like, okay, we need, got, uh, yeah. we need a good kill scene where there's two teenagers necking in the woods. Um, and then you've got like, of course the douchebag, And he's like, I gave you my ring baby. And then we come to find out that he's got a bunch of class rings in the back of his car. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. He was like, yeah, he was horrible. Yeah. Um, well, Okay. So let's like really delve into this if you don't mind, because <laughs> She's obviously not as into things as he's wanting her to be.
1: Right. So yes. he keeps
0: making her like, what's it called? Cherry coolers?
1: Yeah. that And that was the first time I saw Hawaiian Punch and it made me want Hawaiian Punch.
0: Oh, do you remember how it used to taste like when you get it out of the can, it tasted very different
1: than when the plastic bottles that had that like metallic? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that actually. <laughs> remember yeah. when it was in the juice boxes, it used to taste Fantastic. Uh huh. But yeah. then, like, you got it in a can, and it just tasted like cat food or something. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, it tasted very different. Yeah, yeah. That, that did something to it. Um, yeah. But this poor girl, she's like basically passed out from her consumption of these cherry coolers. Uh, but he decides that it's still going to be an okay, you know, just to kind of yeah have his way with her while she's passed out. Yeah,
1: he's making up. He's like, "Oh, is it hot? Here, let me unbutton your blouse." Yeah, son. he's
0: like such a creep. Yeah, total yeah, creep. He,
1: Such a creep.
0: Yeah. Um, And it does not really end very well because what we see while he's in the trunk making these coolers is we get like this little, like kind of like blobs point of view and he gets into the car. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's kind of on her side, like laying with her head down on the the side of the uh, the, uh, seat, not seat, the back. uh, How do I say this? The headrest. Thank you. The headrest. So we don't actually see, but what's happened is she's become like more or less Semi consumed by the blob. So when he's reaching into Coppa Field, that's when the blob, like these little tendrils, reach out and just
1: kind of grab him. And I thought that was great because it reminded me of the Kindred. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like can see the, that. the tentacles just yeah. absorbing into the skin and everything. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go again. <laughs> totally. It's party time. Yeah,
0: totally. Now, really quick, that actor, it's Ricky Paul Golden. And he was in Spiran. No, he was in piranha to the spawning did you ever see that
1: one i did see that but i saw it a long time ago
0: i love that one because that's where the piranha can actually fly yeah the flying fish yeah you hear like the flapping noise and everyone's <laughs> like what is that and i'm like it's a flying piranha you <laughs> <laughs> and then the girl um is erica elniak it's e-l-e-n-i-a-k but she was actually in et and then bordello of blood
1: and she's not even listed on uh, IMDb that I'm seeing here. Oh,
0: if you go over far enough, she is. Because that's where I got the information. You got to go like way over. Okay, I got to had- go to
1: full full cast then.
0: Yeah. And she was actually in the, did you ever see the Beverly Hillbillies movie? I did. Yep. It was Ellie Mae. She played Ellie Mae Clampin in that too. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway so that's the end of Vicki and Scott. But I just thought that was like a, it's a pretty cool scene. Oh, and then she like, she like almost implodes like, there's like nothing left of her
1: yeah everything just kind of sucks into itself
0: yeah exactly yeah it's pretty intense
1: (laughs) you know what i thought was a nice cherry on top to this whole scene though was that as the blob is slithering away into the sewer we see the class ring
0: oh yeah yeah that yes i totally agree with you yeah this movie does really cool stuff like that
1: yeah it like that's the kind of thing that keeps the continuity going i think well, yeah, and it's,
0: I think we talked about this earlier with, the, I forget what other film it was, but you can tell the person that made this, it wasn't just like, oh, let's hurry and get this out. You know, let's, let's get a real quick cash grab going. Like this yeah. person, the people behind this, they were into what they were doing, you know, because they give you stuff like that. There's no reason to have that class ring in there. You could have just like shown the block, you know, but no, you got that ring in there.
1: Yeah. And it's like, stuff just like this, that, uh, it's like, really awesome. It is because it, it, it shows that they're paying attention.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we got Megan. She, she, no one's believing this girl, which uh, can you imagine, like, you know what you saw, like, you maybe not be able to say exactly what it is, but it wasn't Brian. It was like something consuming this guy that you were supposed to be on the date with.
1: <laughs> it was this big pink gelatinous being, you know?
0: Yeah. But no one is believing her. So she decides she's going to hightail it out and head to the police station. And uh, pick up Kevin, no, Brian, I'm sorry, you guys. (laughs) Brian, um, because she thinks that he's going to believe her because he actually saw what happened to the uh, other gentleman with it on his hand.
1: Yeah, but he, like, how would he believe? All he saw was some weird shit on a guy's hand.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I think when you're grabbing at straws, he's better than nothing, you know?
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: but this I love this scene in the police station because you've got, like, that uh the deputy who's like being a total total uh, deputy briggs he's being like a total jerk to brian
1: i call Um, him deputy dick wad
0: pretty much um yeah he's just like you know he's pretty much like slut shaming his mom and he's like saying how his dad's never around he's just like he's like a dog on a bone he's not letting this thing go
1: yeah he really wants this one to be it oh
0: i know yeah they're like everyone is out for this poor kid yep um fortunately luckily surprisingly like uh the sheriff he's like you know we got no motive we got no evidence there's not a single drop of blood this kid's you know i know the kid he's not a great kid but he's not the killer we got to let him go um which yeah. i'm like thank goodness because i don't it was, it was it's really it bothers me i think it's the teacher in me it bothers me when people just make up their mind about a person and they're just no matter what happens they're just going to see this person in a negative way
1: yeah i agree Um, yeah
0: much like i think of you um (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know that whole scene i'm just like yes i see that happen all the time it just makes me so mad but uh yeah so they they basically let brian go because they've got nothing to hold on um really quick if you don't care i want to talk about the actor who played deputy briggs if you don't care go for it it's paul mccrane okay I first recognized him from the movie Fame, which I don't know
1: if you've ever seen Fame. I loved Fame. He was Montgomery in Fame. I saw it in the 80s, so I barely remember it, but I know that I saw it. Oh, good for you. See, every time you open your mouth, I like you even more. and I didn't think it was <laughs> possible. Um,
0: and I love the Hotel New Hampshire very much. It's got Natasha Kinski. I, it's the weirdest thing. Everyone needs to see this. Um, he was in that. Now, he was in
1: RoboCop robocop okay i don't remember him from that but i he looks familiar he's got that kind of face that i know i've seen him in a couple other movies he was
0: emil antonowski If that helps no that doesn't help at all okay and then for our x-files fans he did one episode in 97 so but anyway yeah so that's who that gentleman is and then actually really quick too um the uh the actual uh, sheriff is um, Jeffrey DeMunn. He did Christmas Evil, if you're into those uh, Christmas horror movies. He was in The Hitcher with Rucker Hauer, God's Gift to Earth. He was in Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, he, that's a, the the Shawshank Redemption. is a Frank Darabont film. Yeah,
0: okay, there you go. Um, he was in the X-Files movie from 98. He was in The Green Mile and... Now, you're sure. Do you know Jeffrey
1: DeMunn? Uh, I'm Kind of, kind of, sort of, but not, you know, not so great.
0: Do you know Dale Horvath? No. OK, so in um, The Walking Dead, he was in 19 episodes as Dale Horvath. Really? They're ringing a bell. Does
1: that help? Uh,
0: Dale, Dale, Dale. That it may not. I just know you're in The Walking Dead, and I know you're a fan, so I threw yeah, that in there for
1: you. that is ringing a bell, but I'm trying to picture the person. I think he was the older gentleman, or he would be the older gentleman. Um. So, yeah.
0: Okay, I, well, yeah, because there would be, like, a lot of years between what he looks like now as opposed to, like, The Walking Dead.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay,
0: so I just threw that in there for you.
1: I've got one little bit of awesomeness for you. The guy who played... He looked familiar to me, the guy who played the pharmacist and Meg's father. Um, oh, I love that man! All right, so if you're in a, if you're a fan of Angel or Buffy, um, he was in one episode of Angel, the TV series, as Tesh Magev, and he was teaching uh, Angel like how to be, how to reach his like uh, enlightenment or something. And I thought that was great because I knew that I had seen him somewhere before, and I was like, I'm trying to remember where I saw this person.
0: Okay, well, the actor's name is Frank Collison, C-O-L-L-I-S-O-N. Frank now, Collison. he was
1: also in, did you see Elvira, Mistress of the Dark? I've seen a lot of Elvira. Black- oh, this guy's name is Art LaFleur, who plays Meg's father.
0: Hang on. You're
1: right. I'm, I'm talking about the homeless man. Hang on.
0: Oh, the homeless man. Okay, okay. No, but I meant to be talking about who you're talking about. Hang on, because I wrote him down, too. Art LaFleur, yes. So sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry Okay, yes, we need to talk about him too So yes, okay, so everything you said He was also in an episode of Charlie's Angels Which I need to know your thoughts on Charlie's Angels The movie or the show? The TV show Loved it Okay, yeah, me too Okay, so we can still continue to talk Okay (laughs) Now (laughs) Do you have a favorite angel?
1: Ah, it's so many years ago I really can't
0: tell. Oh, you. okay. I don't want to put you on the spot. Okay. All right. Then he also did. Are you familiar with the Trancers films?
1: The Trancers.
0: Okay, you may not. Th- okay. No, I don't so, think so. Don't worry about that. Because he was in all three, but if you don't know him, it's not a big deal. Um, he was also in um Sylvester Stallone's Cobra. I
1: did, did he- see
0: Cobra, but I don't remember him from that. Okay. He was in that he was Captain he was in Cat he was Captain Sears. But most importantly than all, he was in Mr. Baseball from 92. With Tom Selleck. Did not see that. Oh my God. I did because it's got Tom Selleck getting out of a hot tub. It's <laughs> like, <the best, laughs> like the best movie ever made whatsoever. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so real quick, I'm going to go back to the the homeless gentleman, Frank Collison that I was talking
1: about earlier. Yeah. And in this photo, he looks like Hans from the Bruce Willis uh, diehard film. Oh, okay. But I the don't original- think it's him, but he does look like
0: Hans Gruber. Okay, the reason I want to talk about him, yes, he was in Elvira Mistress of the Dark, but um he was in a lot of stuff. But the main thing I want to talk to him about with you is he was in Stargate Atlantis. Um really? did one episode. K-
1: Keturah? K-E-T-U-R-A-H. Now I have seen Stargate Atlantis quite a few times, but I do not remember him. Anyway, one episode,
0: but he was in that. So I just want to, you know, put that in there for you.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because I'm a I'm a big Stargate fan, but I can't remember I that, everyone. Yes. Okay. He also did one episode
0: of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
1: Hey, I'm a huge fan of It's Always Sunny.
0: I'm just a huge fan of Charlie Day, and one day he'll wake up and marry me. <laughs> well, you're okay. going to
1: have to be a Mormon for that, won't you?
0: Yes. and my In my world, that will work out just fine. <laughs> okay, yes. Anyway, now we're so back on track. I'm so sorry about all that. But yeah, I just... People may not care. And I apologize if you're one of those folks, but I just think it's so cool. These actors and stuff, just, I don't know the history they bring in everything. And I don't know, it's not just a one and done. I mean, they
1: they
0: have all these other things that they've done that are really cool, especially if you're into like the horror genre or just, you know, Tom Salk's butt, you know,
1: (laughs) I enjoy discussing all of that anyway because it's a really big part of the movie it's like oh my favorite actor or this guy played in this this person was here at this time it it just kind of it all fits together
0: oh yeah i think it's i i find it so cool and interesting and i love movies so much and this is all part of it in my mind okay Mm -hmm. um so meg she's really trying to get brian to see her her point of view and kind of help her out and he's i think he's really just wanting to like Get the hell out of Dodge. I mean, he's like, I dodged a bullet with this one. Mm -hmm. He let me off. I just want to go.
1: Yeah, he doesn't Um, want to deal with anything right at that point.
0: Not at all. Um, So he stops back in the cafe, which is closing. Um, But uh, Fran lets him in and she's like, the grill's closed, but you can have a sandwich. I'll help you out with that. Because I think Fran's sweet. I think she's one of those really nice ladies that would just, I don't know, I think she's got a good heart.
1: Yeah, she seems like it.
0: She does, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. And
1: she knows that uh, he's he's had kind of a hard life and his parents aren't really around.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And she knows he's not Matt. She's mm-hmm. like, you'll never have this career. <laughs> to have to be you'll never be Matt. <laughs> you'll never be Matt. <laughs> you'll
1: always be Kevin Bacon.
0: Yeah. She's like, did you want to in that back booth with Daniel Baldwin? Because he's just, you know, he's not working either right now. And Billy Baldwin, too. Yeah. And Billy. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so she <laughs> offers him a sandwich. And so. Meg kind of storms in with him, and she's not letting it go.
1: <laughs> she's <laughs> like a dog with a bone. That one, she is. But I like this scene because they
0: kind of give you a little bit more into their relationship. Because he's like, you know, you've ignored me for three years in school, yeah. and now this like, help, and and then he's like, well, you're a cheerleader. I don't know. You get that whole dynamics, like you know, like never the twain shall meet kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. they have like this shared history almost, but they don't in a way, you know, yeah, it's kind
1: of like they grew up, uh, they grew up together. They probably took baths together and then they hit puberty and went their separate ways.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really cool scene. Um, and then we also, it's important to note that they lock the cafe. Um, so they're kind of locked in the kids or locked yes, in the family, because
1: it's closing,
0: closing, closing time. And that's enough of that. I was going to sing that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should do it because you do it much better than me. Uh, but that's all I know is the first line was a close in <laughs> <Exactly>. time. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, before we go further, I got to do I got to do Fran. The actress is Candy Clark.
1: Yeah, I don't remember her from anything, if at all. OK, I think as I go, you,
0: you might on some things. Um, she did both American Graffiti movies. She was in David Bowie's The Man Who Fell to Earth.
1: I didn't see that.
0: Okay. She I know I've talked to you about this actress before, and I'm pretty sure you said you don't know who she is. Knowing your penchant for brunettes, I I you need to find this woman because you'll thank me. Um, she was in Star Crash as an uncredited voice, but the movie has David Hasselhoff and Caroline Monroe. It's kind of a Star Wars ripoff. But Caroline Monroe, if you if you you need to see this woman because she's an amazingly beautiful woman. Huh. And I think you could just be in heaven. Um, she also was in Larry Cohen's Cue the Winged Serpent, which I think we should do sometime. Yeah,
1: we you had talked about that before. And- yes, another
0: one I think we should do. Actually, there's a couple I think we should do sometime. She was in Amityville 3D, which I think we should do. Oh, I saw that one. She was in Cat's Eye, the Stephen King one with Drew Barrymore. From Definitely saw that, yep. Now, I hope you're sitting down Oh, because I'm, this actress is Buffy the Vampire Slayer's mom from the 92 movie.
1: Holy fucking pile of shit. I Wow, I feel dumb for not Why knowing that. Why would you feel dumb? That's not my intention. <laughs> no, I'm just. That is not my goal. <laughs> no, I, I'm not blaming you. I just, Buffy's no, mother just, in but, the movie. Wow, I did not know that.
0: Yep. And then, now this is another one. I don't know about you, but other listeners, I highly recommend Cherry Falls. It's a slasher from 2000 with Brittany Murphy, whom I love, and Jay Moore. It's I, a lot of
1: fun. I did see Cherry Falls. Did you? Yeah. Did you like it? Uh, I'm not really a big fan of slasher films. Okay. I just thought it was really clever
0: how, like, the whole reason – well, I don't want to spoil it. Anyway, I thought the premise was really clever. Um, it kind of flips the trope on its on its head. Um, she was also in Zodiac, which is an amazing film from 2007. And then for all my Twin Peaksers out there, she was in the kind of like the uh, the reboot in 2017.
1: Seems okay, like everybody's been in Twin Peaks now. It does. It does. I Yeah,
0: I only got that like scene where well, I, anyway, David Lynch is such an asshole. <laughs> Put your clothes on. I'm like whatever. Anyway, so now we're back on track. <laughs> um. Uh, so uh, while this whole thing is going on in the restaurant, we got our people out searching the forest, you know, kind of looking for basically the missing bodies because they still got in their head that the they were abducted somehow or something happened. Or yeah,
1: that Kevin Bacon is the killer. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, now I'm calling him Kevin Bacon because I have that <laughs> stuck in my head. <laughs> Brian Flagg. <laughs> I want
0: that. I want that movie. Kevin Bacon's the killer. Uh, <laughs> And then, so while they're in the cafe, that's when we get our next blob
1: attack. And uh, there's something in the sink. Oh, the drain,
0: the sink, the sink is clogged.
1: Yes, and as I told you, intense phobia (laughs) of drains uh, for about a year after that, maybe because of the because of the scene that's about to happen. And it's like get the get the plunger. Okay, the plunger is not working. (laughs) No, it's pretty
0: bad. Well, and you can like hear it, like there's something knocking in the pipe. Yeah. Yeah, there should be nothing knocking in your in your pipe like that.
1: No, there if, shouldn't be. If there is, oh, then you've got a problem. You've got a big problem. So poor George
0: sticks his hand down in there trying to get it out, and he pulls up like sticky stuff. And then basically the sticky stuff retaliates and pulls him back down.
1: Yep, and like the tendrils that come out of the sink and just, whew. Oh, it's,
0: it's very cool. And then I love how it like rips him down. Yeah. And he,
1: it's like, like (laughs) I I can't even describe it, but it's bad. Like I would not want to die that way.
0: It's like big, big man, little, little drain opening.
1: Yeah. And then you see the, the drain expanding. The pipe pipe expands as his body gets pulled into it. The shower of blood. (laughs) Like a, when Johnny Depp gets pulled into the bed.
0: Yes. Very much like when Johnny Depp gets pulled into the bed. It's a uh, nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. It know what we're talking about. Yeah. No, that's great too. Um, Yeah. And then, so that's when uh, another important little thing is the kids take off running and they hide in the freezer.
1: Yeah. And I wonder what made them think of that. Like, why didn't, they were-, were they able to get out or were they just like, Oh, we can't escape because the doors are locked. So let's hide in the freezer.
0: Yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think they were just on their way out, and they just what they thought of. But then Fran like breaks out the. There's like a boarded up window, and she escapes that that way out the dark alley kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so when they're in the freezer, the blob is trying to get in there, but it doesn't like the cold. We figure out.
1: Yeah, and it uh, apparently turned it into crystals. The cold weather did.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, oh, but I, I want to go back for a moment. Because okay. I thought another great effect was after it swallowed the guy down the drain, it emerged oh. from the sink and immediately clung to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. Like that. Yeah. I love the ceiling scared thing. Yeah. the crap out of me.
0: <laughs> now, I'm sorry if you told me this. How old were you when you saw this? Do you remember?
1: Uh, yeah, I was around 12.
0: Okay. Okay. Because I, I keep forgetting that there's, It's not a big age difference, but there's enough of an age difference that you would have been young enough. It would have made a different kind of impression than it would have on me. Yeah.
1: And it, and it did have that kind of impression because I remember, you know, being nine or 10 and going to the local newsstand and I would see the Fangoria magazines. And I always thought it was cool that those movies, but also the creatures on the cover scared the shit out of me. And I was afraid to have those creatures in my house.
0: Oh, so, I could see that. Yeah. yeah I
1: therefore, that. I wouldn't buy the magazines, you know? Yeah.
0: I remember the Motel Hell one with the, the. Uh, it's basically, it's, it's Roy Calhoun with the chainsaw, but he's got the giant bloody pig head on. And that one was pretty freaky. Oh, wow. I loved oh. it. But yeah, that was pretty freaky. That one made a distinct impression on me.
1: Yeah, the Um, Hellraiser one uh, made a very deep impression on me. You know, the skinless person.
0: uh, Oh, yeah, right, as it should.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That cover fucked with me for a while.
0: Yeah, as it should. Um, But I love, okay, so um, Fran, the cafe, uh, like, waitress, owner, whatever, she runs out to a phone booth, and um, she's trying to get a hold of Herb. Because he had given her his card earlier, because he was kind of wanting to, like, you know, kind of get a date with her. Yeah. Um, She's got that card, which again, I love how well written this thing is. There's just like all these little things that are like dropped in that will come in later. I I think this is a very well written script. Um, so she's got the card and she's got a hold of the police station, but the lady's like, you know, oh Herb's not here. He went down to check on uh, the uh, the cafe, and so Fran's like thinking, oh holy shit, you know what's going to happen? Well, the blob is like covering the phone booth basically it's engulfing the phone booth it starts smashing in and then we see that the blob has already gotten to her because he's inside basically being digested
1: by the blob he's he's kind of just floating around up there oh yeah that
0: is creepy as hell like because if you're i put yourself in fran's shoes you know what i mean her white wedgie you know sensible shoes non-skid that's creepy (laughs) as hell you know what i mean like there's your help right there he's been digested.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like no one's gonna help me now. And and then yeah. the the phone booth kind of implodes and uh she she becomes one with Herb.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty horrifying. <laughs> and uh so we got the kids, they break out of the store basically. They they realize it's it's locked, so they just bust out. But in the streets, we get our freaky Reverend and he sees the blob.
1: Yeah. And uh, I guess that gives him some kind of doomsday prophecy. I don't know.
0: I did love how he dropped his liquor bottle. Did you notice that? Uh, uh, yeah, he,
1: he's quite the drinker. <laughs>
0: yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so he enters into the uh, cafe to see like if everyone's okay and everything. And that's where he sees the little crystallized parts of the blob and he picks it
1: up. Yeah, I'm wondering... Um, I know this probably has n- nothing to do with the movie or maybe it does, you know, maybe they want to imply some things like does, did he know that that those little crystals came from the blob and if they unfroze it, it would make its, you know, it would make the blob again.
0: You do wonder that because he's already seen the blob. So he knows the blob exists. He knows mm-hmm. it's a real thing, right? Correct.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So did he make that, you know what I mean? Like, would you make that leap because he did go right for it and start picking it up
1: you know what i mean right i don't know if i would actually make that connection um yeah you know it would just be some kind of weird happenstance thing where it's like oh cool pink crystals uh, yeah
0: you just wonder though yeah. yeah i'm with you yeah i'm totally with you yeah um so we get uh, the kids are basically trying to find uh the sheriff and they uh end up at the woods trying to find him uh, Megan, Brian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then this is where kind of things kind of kick up in our kind of like almost final, like the third act of the whole movie. And this is where we realize that uh, the government's been contacted and they show up in their hazmat suits.
1: Yeah. Now, did you think that was an alien mothership when you first saw this? Like those big lights in the sky coming down and there was um, no no signs of it being a helicopter at first.
0: Rob, I've seen this so many times. I'm trying to remember my first impression. I I honestly don't think I did. I thought it was people. I I think if I'm not mistaken, I thought it was them like calling out the big guns to look for Brian.
1: Oh, okay. That's what I think I thought
0: it was. I don't think I thought it was a mother ship.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know.
0: It. I, I You're
1: right. Upon seeing it again, I was like lights in the sky. Oh, the aliens have arrived uh, to like clean up their mess or something, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, I get, I totally get where you're. It, it almost reminds me of E.T. in that scene. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And actually, I have that in my notes where when they show up in the hazmat suits and they start taking over everything, it does remind yeah. me of the doctors in E.T.
0: Yeah, right, right. So I totally get where you're coming from. I'm not being dismissive. I hope I don't come across that way. No, no. Oh, good. Okay. Good. Cause I certainly don't mean to be. Um, but this is also where you get, uh, to meet Dr. Meadows, who is trying very hard to convince the kids that they need to come with him. And, uh, <laughs> Meg's like fine with it because I think again, that plays into her, you know, you're kind of the good girl. You don't want to buck authority. You're like, You'll play along. You're totally fine. Because, you know, I don't think she even questions it. It's like, oh, you've got an adult telling you to do this. Why wouldn't you do it? And then Brian's the exact opposite. He's like, nope, they're telling me to do it. There's got to be something (laughs) wrong behind their motives, you know? Yeah, he's like, screw you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he wants no part of it whatsoever.
1: Um, Now,
0: Dr. Meadows is Joe Seneca. Are you familiar with anything
1: by him? Uh, He looks familiar, but I don't know what I saw him in. All right, the couple of things that I have, he was in the Taking of Pelham 123
0: from 74. Um I don't know if you're a Charles Bronson fan, but he was in The Evil That Men Do from 84. Are you a Bronson kind of guy?
1: I saw the uh Death Wish series, but I think that's okay. it with Charles Bronson for me. Gotcha. Now,
0: no judgments here. This is a judgment-free zone, but you know, this may knock you down a couple points. Were you a Friday the 13th TV series fan? I was yeah oh okay awesome me too well apparently he did one episode in 88 of that show
1: that could be where I saw him because he does look like a oh he was in Malcolm X okay so oh
0: okay and well he was also in Mo better blues too from 90
1: I didn't see that one okay, okay.
0: but yeah so anyway so that's who dr. Meadows is and like I said he's trying really hard to convince the kids to come back with him and uh, that's kind of when the uh, they they do get into the like uh, back of the uh, <laughs> The uh, kind of van thing, but that's where the kids part ways because, like, Brian's like, "No, this isn't happening," and Meg's like, "No, that's fine. I'm going to stick with them." Yeah, and let's
1: let's kids. trust the government.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they kind of have a little parting of the ways, and that's kind of when Meg throws back in his face, like, "Oh, you really are for yourself," and you know, I thought you were going to stick around, and blah blah blah. And they kind of don't have uh, they part ways. The they don't really have a meeting of the minds anymore. Um. Now this is back where we are at the movie theater with Kevin and Eric and the asshole who keeps uh, interrupting
1: the movie. Oh yeah. That guy. There's one in every crumb. bunch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do love though. I, I'm sorry. I said Eric. I meant Eddie. Um Now I do love that Eddie is sitting there with headphones on in the movie theater. Did you notice this? Oh, he's the kid with the Walkman. Okay. Yeah, but why are you watching a horror movie with a Walkman on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not a Walkman, it's just headphones like he's accessorizing. I guess. I don't know.
0: Well, I know, I think they were on because Kevin says something to him and he has to pull one down and says, What? And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> we um but I love how it cuts because it's actually got a couple at a campsite, which At first, you're like, are they in the woods, too?
1: Oh, yeah, I did see that. I was like, what? What am I watching? We're watching another movie within a movie like Demons here.
0: Yeah, exactly. I liked it. Well, no, at first, I I thought they were like not in the movie. I thought they were a couple in the actual woods where the hazmat people were.
1: Oh, yeah, that's what I thought, too.
0: Yeah, because they got the they got what we find out is the hockey mask killer with a chainsaw. But at first I thought it was like one of the hazmat guys. Cause he's like backlit and he's leaning over. So you can't see him real well. Yeah. And the couple starts like, you know, the guy, what, the guy's like, um, he's like spying on us or something like that. And the girl's like, well, let's give him something to peep at. And I'm thinking
1: what? And right <laughs> and when I'm she gonna... said, let's give him something to peep at, I realized it was a cheesy line from a movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. Cause I'm thinking, Oh wait, what? Yeah. Cause it didn't fit with the rest of this one. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And then that's when the guy starts. Chiming in and everything, yeah, and the,
1: then we hear this is the, the part where the hockey mask killer stabs the girl in the chest, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, but then we get the uh, the projectionist up in the uh booth saying that there's something wrong with the AC, it's clogged. Oh, yeah, yeah, and clearly it's not clogged, but he still decides to stick his head in the vent to check it out.
1: It, it was hotter than Hades up
0: there, and hotter he, than Hades. Oh, and we also must uh, bring up that he's playing with a yo-yo.
1: Yeah. And so when the owner or manager comes in, uh, he looks for him, but he finds the vent opening and he walks over to the vent opening and the yo-yo kind of drops down.
0: Ceiling again. Yeah. Yeah. And then (laughs) the guy's like, again, being uh, digested by the blob. And then the other poor guy gets ripped up by, drug up by the little tendrils from the uh, blob.
1: Yeah. And the first time I saw this, I didn't think the creature had, uh, tentacles. I just thought it kind of was a, a big wave that just consumed you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I got to admit to the same thing. I, I don't remember that. There's a lot, like I, there's certain things I like totally remembered that like stuck out with me and there are other things I'm like, oh, well, that was new to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's you how know. it was with me as well. Exactly. Exactly. Um,
0: I think I kind of got us a little bit out of uh, sync here, but it's not a big deal now is actually when they are having a little fight in the van and they split up, but that's, it's not really important that it's that I told it out of sync. It still kind of gets us to the same place. Um, Now Meg is back in town and she realizes that her parents can't find Kevin and uh, she knows where they're at. And um, she's like, we got to go find them. And she takes off towards the theater. Um, And then uh, this is the next one where the, uh, where the girls are in the movie the two girls are sitting there doing their hair um, and that's when the jerky guy says that he's going to oh. uh, get her hot she's going to be hot curled to death <laughs> <And> then,
1: <laughs> I love how the blob has great taste at certain points because it just sucks him right up into the scene exactly.
0: to me that should happen to anybody who talks in the in movie theater
1: <laughs> absolutely I, I'm 100% with you on that Exactly, just pull them right up. Well, anyway, chaos
0: like ensues very quickly. Um, Meg's running in to find the boys, and everyone else is running out. Um, That's when we also see the like melted person on the floor. The blob has gotten like halfway digested. Oh, the
1: half the half face girl.
0: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, And then she she does get the boys, but on the way out, poor Kevin's coat gets stuck in the door.
1: Yeah, that. Oh man, that that one had me biting my nails. I'm like, cut the coat off. Get a knife. (laughs) Just can leave him. like, hurry up, man. Leave the liar. <laughs> <laughs> Those little bastards.
0: Yeah. And then we get uh, Anthony can see everything that's happening from above. And Anthony is Eddie. Uh, that's his brother. He's the one that actually let the kids in.
1: Yeah, there was like they did a great job in creating tension while during, you know, being chased by the blob and everything, trying oh, to yeah. get the hell out of there because th- yeah, that no. had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool.
0: Uh, and this is when they escape down the sewers, but then that, that damn blob grabs uh, Meg's hair.
1: And I thought she was toast at that point.
0: Ooh, can you imagine that thing pulling you up through the holes of a sewer? Like the guy down the drain, just like, it'd be yeah. like those little
1: things that you push and you'd like go through. Right, because if it can grab somebody and just digest them really quick, why wouldn't it be able to lift her up by her hair and just suck her right up into itself? God, that would have been horrible. Horrible, yeah. horrible.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, this is also another cool scene. This is where Brian has uh, made it back to the woods and he's got his bike, his motorcycle, um, and he hears over the radio, like, really what's going on.
1: Yeah. Uh, with the that government. It's, it's yeah. not an alien, it's uh, some kind of bacterial experiment.
0: Yeah, it's like a, a mutated uh, predator, basically. Yeah. Um, it's a thousand times its original mass. Um, they're thinking about this would be great biological warfare. Um, and uh this is also where you're getting a peak that there might be dissension among the ranks because the one guy disagrees with the whole plan as far as like uh you know, keeping this alive at any cost and the people, you know, are expendable.
1: Yeah. 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 Basically the you know, that's the old kind of action movie trope there too, where it's like uh Well, actually, no, that's more Predator, where it's like you send people into the woods to to do a job, and they're expendable, so we'll just send in another team.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep. Now, this is where um, they actually figure out that Brian has heard too much. They try to get him, but he actually does make the um, motorcycle jump across the um, broken bridge uh, successfully.
1: that slippery little shit yep
0: yep and he arrives at a uh, like a not like a storm drain i guess it's just a giant drain like an entry into the whole sewer system that runs underneath the city the town um and then we find out that there's actually a a series of aqueducts with three main junctions that like flow underneath the town and uh that's where the blob is, and they're gonna send some people down there as well.
1: Yeah, I guess it, it kind of nests under there or something.
0: Yeah, it's it's moving on up. Or moving on down, I guess. <laughs> moving on um, down. Yeah. And so now again, it's underwater stuff, which I really don't like, but Meg and the oh, boys are Oh
1: yeah, and I knew watering. this scene I knew this scene was gonna do something to you because I was like thinking when that thing popped out of the water, that looked like th- the creature. Kind of that tried to eat um Jeffrey Combs hole in From Beyond.
0: Yeah, it did, did. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally, totally did. Yeah. Well, I like how they discover it's down there because there's that little like rat sitting on like cardboard or something. All of a sudden it's just like bloop and the rat's gone.
1: Yeah. And then she says, watch out for the rats. And the kids are looking like, What rats?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying and then they decide to climb up the pipes. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, honestly, I really didn't think that they were going to sacrifice one of the kids, but they did. He got, he got melted.
0: Well, and also like he was going on about like, I'll never do anything bad again. I won't see any, I won't sneak and uh, sneak out to see any movies. I won't lie about it anymore. And I'm like, it doesn't matter you're toast.
1: <laughs> that should have happened to the two kids who broke into the the museum on the relic.
0: Totally. Totally. Now. Again, I have a feeling this is going to be where we like don't see eye to eye. When they were up on the pipe and the blob was below um, Kevin and Meg and it kind of like rose up, did it not look like a, a rose budding butthole?
1: Oh, I was thinking but not completely thinking that, but it did look like a prolapsed anus. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. <laughs> okay, we can move on.
0: All right, so now... <laughs> There's a little opening that Kevin get, can get through, but Meg's not going to fit through it. So she just basically tells him to run, go get help.
1: Yeah. And he's like, no, but come on, try to fit through. And it's like, no, dude, she's not going to get through there. Exactly. But, but she does manage to fall back into the water just to
0: make it tense all over. Yep. And then uh, she manages to find that little slanted, like, exit way, which reminded me of the one in Blade. Yes, has- that, exactly.
1: I was thinking that, like, all she needed was a little bone to, like, climb up with the jet.
0: exactly <laughs> right exactly a little bone um or like a, a leftover like ninja weapon from the turtles oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. put on leonardo's mask or something
0: right exactly but fortunately brian's hand juts out of the screen and then she grabs onto that and he pulls her out
1: yeah he's there with his uh trusty motorbike Yep, and the two, like, take off on that.
0: I love how the scene where the blob's kind of, like, blocking the way, but he does his little, like, evil Knievel, like, around him.
1: Yeah, it did that. Yeah. All right, now, I know this movie came out first, but it reminded me of Deep Rising, where, you know... Oh, totally, yeah, I can see that, too. <laughs> yeah, it, I was like, oh, okay, they're going to do stunts to, like, escape the creatures and shit,
0: yeah. Yeah, except with an attractive leading man. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you now, think Treat I mean, Williams is attractive? <laughs> Oh my God, yes. Oh wow. Okay. Oh my
0: god, yes. The 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 amount of crappy, crappy movies that I have set through that, that man has done just to see him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh I love, I love his name describes him to me. He is a
1: treat. <laughs> He's a treat to you. He is a treat.
0: Um and then the little motorcycle wipes out. Uh, but that's also when they run into, there were the three government, um, people they had sent down there. Only one of them is kind of like escaped, but he's still not unscathed. He's not yeah. He's bed.
1: bleeding and he's yeah, pretty much exactly. dead. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they find that they can, there's like basically a little, like a ladder up to a manhole they can escape with through, but that's when they find the, the, uh, Dr. Meadows true colors because he's not going to let any of them
1: up there. Nope. He's like, nobody survives. Everyone's expendable. And, uh, (laughs) they parked that car on top of the manhole. And I'm sorry, but shades of Chud right there.
0: Oh, exactly. Shades of Chud. Totally, totally, totally. Yep. Exactly. Um, which was first was Chud before this or was this before Chud?
1: Oh shit. I think Chud was first actually. Was it? Okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it looks like it was.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um,
0: But yeah, and I'm just like, oh, man, he's done you dirty. Because the one, because they're like, well, we've got, uh, uh," it was 84, by the way. Yeah, Chud
1: was 84. I just looked at that.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Because he's like, we've got one of our men down here. And he's like, it doesn't
1: matter. (laughs) It's like everybody (laughs) dies.
0: He's like, your mom's down there. He's like, well, I don't care.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you not hear what I said? Everyone is expendable.
0: Right. We've got Tom Selleck, Alec Baldwin, and Williams. Williams. He's like, I don't care. Um, but yeah, so they basically uh, are just pretty much giving up. And then they realize that the guy's got a, uh, basically like a, what would you, how would you explain it? Like a, the gun, the.
1: Oh yeah. I, was, I didn't think that was a gun, but it turns out, I guess that was like a bazooka or something. Yeah, like a bazooka.
0: And they like just blow the, the heck out of the, uh, the, the. Uh- <laughs> The car parked on top of it. He's like, Hey, I got something for (laughs) you. Yeah. Yeah. He's quick on his feet. That's one thing I'll give Brian. He's like, he's a, he's, he's one smart cookie. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Like Um, everybody underestimates him because they think he's dumb.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, right. Exactly. But he's no, he's no idiot. Um, he's pretty street smart. Yeah. Uh, so the three crawl out of the manhole and, uh, very quickly uh, Brian grabs a gun pulls it on Meadows and then that's when Deputy Briggs pulls a gun on Meadows and he's like, hey, we could talk about all this and it's kind of like a standoff um and then that's when like Brian's kind of like explaining everything to everybody like you know why do you think they would have you know handled it this way if it was like just a quarantine you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the whole vibration scene of the the street. Basically everything's like, kind of like shaking on it, much like the T-Rex walking in Jurassic Park.
1: (laughs) I think Uh, that this was like at a higher level of the T-Rex walking because this just wasn't moving glasses of water. This was just like a whole thing.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, and then, uh,
0: uh, they kind of like, uh, how'd you explain it? the blob just kind of like shoots up out of the, the manhole.
1: Yeah. That's a big fucking thing, man. Yeah. And then I put down Matt, Matt seen chaos ensues. Yeah. Oh, and in this one, um, maybe you'll like it, but there's also, there's a, there's a flaming, a, a flaming <laughs> medic. <in> right <there. laughs> Yeah. He so, get me. <laughs> so i put down hot flaming guy in suit <laughs> i refrain from putting hot medic on my
0: paper oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> i'll never do that again um and this is where the two kind of get separated because meg takes off with the other ones into town hall and she grabs a fire extinguisher because she knows that that's going to like kind of stop the the blob in its tracks because it doesn't like the cold.
1: Right. She remembers the freezer incident. Yeah. And she's also
0: inside there with the uh, deputy and the uh, freaky Reverend.
1: Oh yeah. I forgot the Reverend was there. Oh yeah. He's
0: a, he's a nut job.
1: Um, he seems to then, get crazier as the movie. Like, oh, comes to totally, 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 totally. Uh,
0: and then we see that Brian has made his way to um We didn't really talk much about Moss. Moss is the uh, really nice um, auto, he he owns like an auto shop. Um, And um, he's headed over there to get like a, basically a snowmaker, a machine that will make fake snow. Yeah. Um, So while they're all inside fighting the blob from coming inside the uh, town hall, we get Brian coming over with his vehicle, which is just basically flipped over by the blob.
1: Right. Not before he sprays the blob a little bit with the snow.
0: Yeah. To to and, get its uh, attention, I guess. Right, right. Um, and then uh this, inside is also when we find out that the father's face has been kind of melted by the blob. Yeah. And then the poor deputy is basically just like bent in two backwards.
1: Oh yeah. I uh, oh fuck. In my notes I was like uh deputy dipshit uh split in half. Uh,
0: exactly. If only Brian had been there to witness it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so um Meg takes off and she's outside the uh, town hall now and uh, she's kind of firing oh because the thing is flipped and poor Brian is pinned inside he can't get out and it's engulfing the 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 um truck now that yeah. uh, 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 Brian's flipped over in. So, so she Meg's
1: summons driving. her greatest Sigourney Weaver impression.
0: Exactly. Exactly, but she's got better hair. Yeah. Meg um even the stuff that you know has been ripped that the blob cannot affect her. Wonderful, right? Uh, know, those lovely head. locks, exactly. um And she's also grabbed some nitrogen to, uh, uh to uh like bombs to, like basically set off the, 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 the uh, to detonate the truck. Basically,
1: yeah. These kids are pretty damn smart. I gotta say, they are
0: like really damn smart. I was not that smart in high school.
1: No, I wasn't uh, either. At
0: all. No, not at all. Um, I wasn't even smart enough to stay away from girls when I wasn't attractive. <laughs> <to them>. um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> so she's out there and then she like basically lights the thing on fire and then as she jumps, she gets like tangled up. So she's hanging there by her like boots.
1: I thought it was great that like, she shot at it and said some really pithy one-liner and then exactly. when jumps off and the I, truck, I, like, <laughs> gets yeah. face planted right into it. <laughs> I know, I know. I love her so much. Poor Meg. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. was It's like nice I'm exit good. strategy exactly but fortunately brian has made it out and he goes over to save her yeah um oh and that's where we see that meg's dad has seen everything basically this this transpired and he tosses brian that box of rib condoms and like gives him two thumbs up
1: i know i did are we seeing the same movie (laughs) that's the movie i saw in my Uh, (laughs) um and then moss the
0: owner of the um auto uh auto thing mentions that uh because now the the, oh basically it's snowing on the blob the blob is frozen yeah and boss is saying that they need to get the dump truck uh to get the blob out of there before dawn comes
1: yeah and uh, like they've got a they've got a storage unit to put the crystallized blob i guess like are they going to keep that as like some kind of town freak show i guess i
0: don't know or like just give it like make uh snow cones and give it to like you know oh like in the stuff yeah, it gives like prisoners, like they get snow cones and it just like erupts them from inside. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> um, but it's not over yet because we see like a Bible tent and then we see our crazed reverend is preaching from inside about the uh, Day of Reckoning.
1: Oh, and he's gone completely off the rails. Yeah, he is way gone.
0: Um, and then we see that he actually has that jar still with the little pieces of the blob inside of it.
1: Yeah, and the, the lady comes in. She said, "When when will be the Day of Reckoning? And he's like, soon. Very soon, the Lord will give me a sign.
0: Yeah, and I guess he still has not gotten that sign because there's never been a sequel to this.
1: No, which is weird because you would think there would be a sequel to this.
0: And I actually think, if I'm not mistaken, I think this kind of did okay for them when it came out. I think
1: it had a huge fucking budget for its time.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and I it wasn't a crappy movie. I mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't like one of those things where you're like, no, whatever. I mean, it was. It was good. Like the effects were really good. And yeah. Like I said, the script was great. And, you know. I
1: definitely wouldn't consider it a B movie at all. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Nor would I. Now we're not done
0: though. I want to talk about one more thing. How did you feel about the hairband ending song?
1: I thought it was so out of place, but I know so many eighties films that just have that like hair metal going they on in the background.
0: End. Exactly. Yeah. It's Brave New Love by Alien.
1: A band I had not heard of.
0: Do you think they did a lot before the movie? Or do you think they were just like,
1: you know? Hmm. I don't. They probably. They probably were big in some part of L.A., but they never got the chance to, like, you know, hit it, like make it big like Motley Crue or Poison or something. Uh, Because I have no idea who these people are. Or Vixen. Vixen. Well, I do remember Vixen. They were on MTV quite a bit. I love Vixen. All <laughs> right. Now, so Rob, how do you feel
0: about the Blob? Are you a fan? Are you not a fan? Are you lukewarm? I am such like
1: watching this all over again. Like it just gave me the warm and fuzzies. Yeah, and even
0: the <laughs> even the Matt stuff. It's kind of endearing. It doesn't bother <laughs> me. I, I I'm not. I'm not gonna be like, oh, this is garbage. I'm turning this thing off. It, you know. It's fine. It doesn't bother me at all.
1: Yeah, no. Nope. I I would say this took me back to a place of my childhood where I felt, you know, it's just that kind of cozy feeling where you could watch creature features. And like, there's only a few movies that do it for me and Swamp Thing and Swamp Thing 2 are like the other movies that do that for me. They just give me like the warm and fuzzy feeling.
0: Are you sure you're just not talking about Adrian and uh, Heather's bosoms?
1: Well, of course there's that, but I mean, just seeing those creatures like when those in Swamp Thing 2, when those two kids are like at the motel and they're trying to look at the dirty magazines and then like the creature shows up and shit. It's just like, you know, there's just something about it. I It must have been the time because it was like, here I am watching cable TV and there's a cool movie with some wicked, weird looking monsters on it. And I'm just loving it, you know?
0: that's awesome that's so cool yeah and those kids will always need therapy the rest of their lives yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> no I I love it I I the only thing I guess you know be forewarned if you're um, if you're gonna be offended by the whole uh date gone horribly wrong scene that's in there um, it's not a major thing but that is in there I know some people may find that triggering um, but other than that I there's really nothing, I think, offensive in the film whatsoever. Um,
1: no, not really. It's a very broad film. You know, it's not it doesn't really hit on anything too much. It
0: feels very 50s, but in a good way. It feels like a 50s sci-fi flick.
1: Yeah. And that's probably where, like, I got the feeling of the remake, even though I'd never seen the first one.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm i certainly not, you know, chastising you or anything like that. But if you ever get a chance to watch it, you really should. It's It's pretty fun, too um the original
1: yeah It, i'm definitely gonna check it out i just have an issue with black and white films for the most part
0: oh i did not know that about you okay all right and then that like i said that other one um what beware the blob that one's just so silly it's just so weird it's got uh, cindy williams from laverne and shirley has a little part in it um
1: uh, larry hagman um so it's like uh uh, Chud and Chud 2 or Troll and Troll 2 where it has very little to do with the original kind of thing
0: well I mean the blob is in it and there's some, It's it's very weird Rob because okay. there's some of it it's like very serious and then there's some of it that's like so goofy it's like two movies smashed together it's the weirdest thing oh wow it's very odd yeah and there's some of the effects are like really good and then there's this other stuff where it's just this like counterculture drug reference hippie stuff that's like it just doesn't even go together not that that's bad i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just so weird maybe it's they shot
1: two different movies and mashed them together
0: it's just so weird it's just such a weird Burgess meredith is in it. it's just such a weird film but yeah it's i i, I if, if you're a fan of this one and you're a completist you really should see the other two not you but like people out there in like listening land so yeah. that would be your relative and I think I have one person from prison who's been writing. We
1: got like 1.5 listeners, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway,
0: so uh, I think that does it for me on the blob. Do you have anything else you want to say?
1: Uh, no, that'll do it for me too. I had nothing left.
0: All right. And then as far as reaching us, if you want to get a hold of us, um, I creep around on our Instagram account at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. I'm always
1: happy to interact with you there. Yeah, he's a total lurker. I am. I am. <laughs> and uh, you can also get in contact with us through Gmail. That's midnight. Oh, sorry, MMCCpod at gmail.com. All right.
0: And um, again, I always say this, the more the scarier. So we thank you for being with us this go around.
1: Oh, yes. And before we uh, sign off, uh, we next week, we hope you will join us on for Humanoids from the Deep.
0: Yes, I plan on wearing my skimpiest uh, swim trunks. I don't know about you, Rob.
1: I'm gonna wear a chastity belt actually.
0: <laughs> See, I'm all for interspecies mating, so I'm gonna <laughs> put it out there.
1: <laughs> Condoms be damned. Condoms be damned. Condoms are the devil.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll be I'll be the one with the open tent. And uh, you know my my pulled down just a little bit to
1: tempt them. I'll be the one. <clears throat> excuse me, I was going to cough. I'll be the one waiting at the beach for all the girls to go skinny dipping. There you go.
0: Yeah, unbeknown, un- un- unknowing, unknowing. What, what's what I want? Unbeknownst, what's lurking for them just below the wave?
1: <laughs> right, it's just me in a scuba <laughs> scuba gear.
0: <laughs> all, the, all the creepy creatures, the humanoids. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right so um that should do it until next week and we really do i I think I speak for both of us on this one we really do appreciate people coming back again and again and sticking around um and any support you give us is great and so thank you for that
1: absolutely 100 percent in agreement
0: all right until next time then we'll see you later stay spooky Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>